As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of Answers Network. I'm your host, Alan Cardoza. And for those of you that have been listening, sending in questions and comments, thank you so much. But please continue to spread the word that this show will bring on special guests that can inspire, educate, and in some cases entertain while bringing answers and options to making our lives happier, healthier, and more successful. And remember, if you can't listen live, go to our website at answers.network and browse through a variety of topics that I think will be very helpful. Also, you can all do me a big favor. Please forward one of our shows to your social media group and to someone you know who can benefit from a particular subject. This is one powerful way that we can make a positive influence on the world together, something that our guests today and so many of our wonderful guests have made a career of. Now, our topic today is happy, healthy teens something I think we can all agree we would love to have. Our guest, Carrie uh, O'Driscoll, is the founder of The Self Project, an organization that encourages teen-driven conversations to help build resilience, self-awareness, and community understanding. Now, using science-backed, straightforward tools, curriculum, and support resources, she helps educators, therapists, and parents empower their teens and tweens. She is the author of two books for educators and parents of teens entitled One Teenager at a Time and her new book, Happy Healthy Teens, Why Focusing on Relationship Works, as well as a memoir entitled Truth Has a Different Shape. Carrie, thank you for joining us again. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be back. Well, uh, it is my pleasure. And uh, as we were talking about a little before we went on the air, um, this particular book is very timely uh, because I think that uh, there are so many things that have changed with the 
the procedures that have been um, kind of put on us as it relates to uh, to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So um, when you decided to write this book, uh, had, COVID, had COVID-19 already hit or were you just already doing this and it just ended up being a perfectly timed book? Yeah, I actually was working on this book before. Um, and um, it was interesting because my kids were in the throes of the high school years and, and I was working on this. And then when the lockdown hit, um, my oldest was in college and had, you know, the turmoil of mm-hmm. basically being kicked out of the dorms and having to scramble to find a place to stay to finish out her sophomore year. And um, my youngest was a senior in high school. And so she was actively missing out on the prom and the graduation things and all of those, you know, culminating kinds of exciting events that you would normally get to, to experience. And so it really, um, I had already, because I'd already been working, even though I had already been working on the book, I felt this heightened sense of importance around the topic mm-hmm. when, when everything shut down. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, my youngest was also in college uh, when when this hit, and mm-hmm. and schedules were changed. A lot of things were uh, were done differently. Uh, but one of the things that I think a lot of people didn't recognize was uh, so many people, uh, young people, when they're in college, um, they're they're met by by corporations that set up internships and things. Mm-hmm. They were all canceled. Yeah. And that was that was very difficult, I know, on a lot of young people, which also meant that when they did graduate, they went back home instead of to a job. What have what have you seen in that aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I think so many of those things, there there are a lot of young people, especially college students who feel like you know, you told us what the rules were, you gave us the guidelines, we checked all the boxes, and then everything fell apart. And all of a sudden, the game is completely changed, you know. Mm-hmm. And it didn't help that us, for those of us who are parents, we didn't know what to do either. It's not like we've ever lived through something like this. So um, I think it feels, continues to feel like a lot of these young people are living in limbo. It's, you know, yes. sort of I don't really know what the rules of the game are anymore. You know, my oldest had had, um, she, she's been thinking about going to law school and, and she had an internship at a law firm set up for that mm-hmm. summer of 2020 and sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, you know, and then it's not like time marches on. Right. So it's, she said, well, it's not like I can, you know, get a do over in 2021. Cause there's all these kids coming up behind me who are going to want that internship too. Right. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of um, frustration and disappointment and also just this sort of questioning of like all the rules have changed now and and we don't we're not really sure where we go from here. Um, Yeah, we we got a message that came into the show uh, and I want to say probably around October, November of 20. And it was from a young person who said that uh, that they were. Uh, they were supposed to graduate college, but even that that got postponed. Mm-hmm. But but what I thought was was sad was they said, 
we don't know who to trust because we feel like we've been lied to. Uh, and, and that, I think that affected me more than, than a lot of things was that a young person was reaching out, but saying that we don't even know who to trust anymore, you know, and, you know, what, what, what a terrible thing to, uh, to put upon young people who are supposed to be coming out of college and going into this whole new journey of life. They're supposed to be excited about it and, um, you know, and to get that sort of, um, information being brought to us was was really disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not only the pandemic, right? It's all of those other systems and things that we saw starting to crumble, you know? So it's not just that, you know, I checked all the boxes and I did all the things and I was supposed to have this result, but also now I can't get any job and Mm -hmm. I have to start paying my student loans back and, you know, I don't even get this celebratory, you know, piece of, wow, you did this amazing thing. You know, I don't get to walk across a stage in front of my family and friends and get this diploma. Yeah. There's, um, it's a lot. I think it's this, there are a lot of young people who feel like they sacrificed a lot of their Mm -hmm. carefree years, you know, in high school doing, service projects and extracurricular activities and all of these things get into college. And then you work your tail off when you're in college and you compete for this, you know, Mm -hmm. this one spot in a grad school program or one spot in an internship. And then none of it happens. It's sort of like, wait, what? (laughs) That's really unfair. I did all the things you told me to do. Mm -hmm. Well, now you mentioned that you started the book um, before this pandemic, um, how did that affect the writing of the book and, uh, how did your perspective change, you know, since experiencing, you know, the pandemic, the lockdowns, uh, and everything else that, that started to occur with, uh, with that in 2020 and has continued to this day? Yeah. I mean, I think it, what it did was really solidify what I'm trying to say in this book, mm-hmm. which is, you know, instead of focusing on teachable moments or discipline or, you know, what are the, what are the things on that checklist? Mm -hmm. If we can focus on our connections to each other, if we can focus on relationship, if we can as parents and extended family and educators and school administrators and school counselors, right. Form relationships with these young people, then that that feel reciprocal, you know, that mm-hmm. feel respectful, that share power, yep. then what we're doing is we're setting them up to be flexible when mm-hmm. things go sideways. We're also setting them up to know who their support mechanisms are. Like, who are my people? Who is my community? Yeah. You know, who can I rely on? Um, and that's a skill, you know, being able to discern who is trustworthy and who has resources in your network and, and creating relationships that feel really secure. That's important. And, and so to me, when all, when everything went sideways, it was like, you know, I said to my daughter who was a senior, you know, it's less important to me what your GPA is. And it's more important to me that you feel like 
when you're frustrated or when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you have a question about, I don't even know where to begin, that you know who to come to and that you have, you know, three or four or 10 people that you can go to and bounce ideas off of and collaborate. And, you know, that, that is so much more important than what you got on your calculus test last Tuesday, honestly, to me. Oh, I, I think you are right on target. Uh, There was a, uh, and it's still on, and it's by, I think it's called uh, by someone that their page is called Tomfoolery. Mm. And it talks about the great 2020 reset. And and actually, I highly recommend it for everybody to listen to it, because it's a young man that's telling a story as if he's in the future. Mm. And he's referring back to 2020. But he's bringing up some of the positive things that we can get out of this if we just focus on it, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we focus on, as you're saying, use this as a time to really figure out who you can count on. Yeah. You know, you, you know, not, not your, um, and I don't want to pick on any one particular uh, social media page, but, you know, pick one, you know, mm-hmm. you know, your friends on there that you have 5,000 of, are not going to be the ones that you're going to be able to count on. Those aren't the ones that you're going to go to with real problems. Um, but it, it goes along with what you're saying, you know, is, you know, focus on these things. It's not going to be as important as your grades. It's not going to be as important as your 5,000 followers on whatever social media group. Uh, so yes, I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we feel safe in relationship with people, when we feel like we're in a group of people where we belong, where our contributions Mm -hmm. are valued, where, you know, we can show emerging mastery. Like I don't have to be perfect at Mm -hmm. something. It's okay if I screw up. Right. When, but we have some autonomy, we have some agency, like when we're safe in those kinds of relationships, it's amazing the creativity that we're able to, like we can problem solve in, you know, we can think outside the box. We can do amazing things when we're in this little, you know, fight, flight, freeze mode and we don't feel safe and we think we're all alone. It's survival. It's not thriving. You know, we're not being creative. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking who am I really and what is it that's important to me and what do I want to do? You know, we're like, freaking out what you know what what do i do next kind of thing so if we can find those relationships and communities that we can relax into and know i'm an important part of this community i am valued i can show up exactly the way that i am and i'm safe here holy cow that opens up a whole new world of thinking to us Mm -hmm. well our our largest the largest portion of our listenership is parents so um, parents of young people. Uh, and our second largest group is teachers. And so I, I know that you talk about the different, uh, well, no, you, you talk about some of your exercises um, mm-hmm. you know, in the new book that are aimed at getting parents and teachers to delve into their own adolescence or childhood mm-hmm. with curiosity. Why is that important? Uh, wh- why do you believe, I have my own opinions, but why do you have uh, believe that that is important for them to do to communicate better with their teens. Mm. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important because adolescence is the time in human development when our brains are 
pruning, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. saying, oh, this doesn't, this isn't, doesn't make that much sense anymore. We're going to, you know, solidify this particular neural pathway. We're trying, our brains are trying to be efficient, right? And mm-hmm. so if often the kinds of relational patterns that we learned in our own adolescence are the things that we rely on without even thinking as adults, mm-hmm. right? And so if you were parented by, you know, someone who was very authoritarian, who did not give you any room to push back or be curious or ask questions or think creatively for yourself or independently, then it's a lot more likely that that's the way you're going to show up as a parent or a teacher, right? I mean, we've all had those moments, I think, as parents where you say something and you, before you even realize it and you hear it and you think, oh dear God, that was my mother's voice, (laughs) right? Like, I can't believe I just said that, right? So the more we as the adults can kind of dig into what were my experiences? How did that make me feel? And do I want to show up in that way with the young people in my life, right? And it's not a shame or blame thing, right? It's just sort Mm -hmm. of understanding. It's reflexive for us. But if it's something that made us feel really horrible, we don't want to show up that way for our kids. We don't want to make them feel horrible. Yeah, I completely agree. Although my my thinking has been uh, that I find that with many people, they either become their parents and they find themselves, like you're saying, doing the same thing, or they've rebelled 180 degrees to it's like okay i am never doing that because i know how that made me feel and and sometimes i think both are extremes and sometimes you need to weigh it and look at it and say okay what part of that was actually good because it did still help mold me to be the person i am yes absolutely they're both of those extremes are reflexive right and what Mm -hmm. i would love for parents and educators to do is be intentional you know, yeah. I, I would love for them to think and and also to recognize context. Right. Like a lot of times we can feel really justified in, you know, maybe running our classroom the way that, you know, we were taught to run it back when we got our master's degree, you know, 15 years ago. But understanding, mm-hmm. like looking at that in the context of what does the world look like right now? Mm-hmm. Right. These, the world is completely different right now for these young people. And so do any of those principles really apply? And some of them might, but I want people to be intentional about that. Like, what is my goal here? Like, you know, for example, we know, I mean, there's so much research that has come out in the past two decades, right, about education. We know that human beings learn in relationship. that's just how we do it. Mm -hmm. And yet we still, the vast majority of our school systems are set up so that kids are competing against each other individually and hours and hours and hours of worth of homework outside of school. Like none of that is relational. Yeah. So what's the goal? (laughs) Well, um, and it's funny, I didn't, I I didn't plan on putting a plug for a, a type of school but I was just at a conference and uh, and I met with uh, what they had a booth with uh, the, some of the people that are involved in Fusion Academy. And one of my sons went to Fusion Academy, but Fusion Academy is all based on relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that they do. So it's 
uh, you know, it's it's like one on one teaching for 45 minutes and then they come out into an area that's sort of like a Starbucks, you know, mm -hmm. and they're sitting down and they're they're doing and I think they call it homework cafe, you mm -hmm. know, but they're doing homework. But they're it's like who you know, who would you like to sit with to discuss this? In other words, so that you've learned something, but now you're sharing it with another student. And you're both benefiting from this because you're giving your perspective. So they've they've brought in the the one-on-one -on -one relationship, but they've also recognized the fact that the relationship that you have with the other kids is also important. Mm -hmm. You know. But anyway, I just it's it's a wonderful. Uh, there's uh, there's Fusion Academy. There's another one called Hallstrom. But that they have this model that I think is so beneficial for our young people. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, it seems like our our public school system um, wants to do anything but that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so it is frustrating when you know a little bit of the brain science, right? Like the human mm -hmm. brain was not designed to as like a trash compactor. You know, you don't get to you don't just shove information in literally all day long yeah. and then expect it to somehow be retained. Yeah. Right. We have to take time as human beings to make meaning of that, mm -hmm. to daydream, to doodle, to, you know, let our mind wander and then we can make connections. Right. But what we're doing to these poor kids in middle school and high school is, you know, you're going to start out your day at 730, which we already know is against the brain science. Right. Kids need to sleep way later than that. Right. Um, when they're that age, when they're adolescents. And then, you know, you're going to do, you know, every 50 minutes you're going to switch. You're going to go from PE to history, to social studies, to Spanish class, to, you know, English lit. To, I mean, boom, 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 boom. And then you're going to go do extracurriculars after school. And then you're going to come home and you're going to start on your homework 12 hours after that first class you had this morning. And we're going to expect you to have not only remember, but understand all of those things. Right. Right. That what? <laughs> I know. I know. <clears throat> I know. But it but see what what bothers me is the fact that there are models out there to do it better, which then poses the question, why don't you want to do it better? You know, what is it, you know, what is it that that your your agenda is is if you don't want to do it better because it's out there for you. You know, it it isn't that they don't know it's out there. And and that's what disturbs me I think the most. Yeah, I think it's, the, you know, it's there's an efficiency or an ease. Right. And I get this from parents. Sometimes when I work with parents, it's like, you know, I will tell them mm -hmm. if you if you focus on having a developmental relationship with your child as they become an adolescent and you're sharing power over time and you're collaborating and you're problem solving and you're having deep conversations. That takes a lot more time and effort especially if I'm going to ask you to unpack all your own biases first, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So you can show up really in an intentional way. That is a lot more work than simply saying my house, my rules till you're not living under my roof anymore. You're following all these rules and no pushback was, I mean, that's way easier. It's way more efficient, but the problem not is not in the long run. No, your kids will not thrive. They will not learn how to make independent decisions. They will not feel like they can come to you if they make a mistake. You know, they they will go out on their own, not having experimented with 
or, or understanding what a healthy, loving relationship actually looks like. And, um, in, in the long run, it will be a lot harder for them. And, and it may be a lot more challenging for you to try to build relationship with them as an adult. Yeah. One, one of the things that I have said for a long time, but I'd love your opinion on it, uh, is that um, one of the hardest things to do is to teach your child to question authority when you are the authority. Mm -hmm. um, share a little bit about that, because I, I believe it's important that, that you do. And I believe what we're seeing now in society is the fact that it hasn't been done. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have a lot of people that are just following you know, this, following whatever it is that they're told and not really um, internalizing it or questioning it to see if this, if this really does make sense. So what's your thought? And uh, is there a, is there a best way that we can continue to teach that knowing that we are the authority and we're kind of making it more difficult on ourselves? Mm. Yeah, it, that's a big deal. Um, and, you know, and the thing is, again, it's this, there's, we have to be really intentional. Like what is it that we're trying to teach our kids, right? Because kids that grow up in really authoritarian households where it is that my way or the highway kind of stuff what they learn is that in relationship and in the world, the person with the most power wins. Right. And so then when they go out into the world, they're doing one of two things in order to be in that comfortable place, mm -hmm. right? They're either seeking to be the person in power, right. which means their relationships are going to be really tough. Cause I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who has all the power over me. Right? Right. 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 Or, they are looking for someone else who will tell them what to do all the time, right? Exactly. Either way, they like, that's what they're looking for because they think that's normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we start to teach our kids again, sharing power with them as they're getting older, it teaches mm -hmm. them what compromise looks like. It teaches them how, how to push back and how to ask questions. I mean, I, one of the things that I do with my, did with my kids was, you know, we sort of would define what is it, what does it look like to, to be respected, right? Like, I don't want you to push back on me in a disrespectful way. Sure. So, so what does it mean to me to be respected and what does that look like? And then what does it look like to you to be respected? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of what my kids said was I, you know, my voice needs to be able to be heard. Right. Even if we don't ultimately disagree, right. it's important that I feel free to say, I don't really understand why I have to have a curfew. Mm -hmm. I, I want, I kind of want to understand that. Right. And, and if I've done my own work around, you know, what is a curfew really important? Does it, does it really matter to me? And why, like, what is the purpose of this? Right. Then I'm not going to feel triggered and like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm the parent. That's why I said so. Right. We can actually have a conversation about it. Right. There right. may be things, you know, they're absolutely like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to budge on this, but it doesn't mean we can't have a conversation about it. Or, right. or, you know, I can't invite you into a collaborative way of figuring this out, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had a weeknight curfew for my oldest daughter. 
that I thought was perfectly reasonable. And she came to mm -hmm. me one day and she said, I hate this. You know, I don't want it to just be this arbitrary, the same thing every night. And was like, well, talk to me about that. What, you know, yeah. what's it all about? She was a musical theater kid. So she would go to school all day long and then she would go to rehearsals. And sometimes rehearsal didn't get out until eight or 9 PM. And then a bunch of these kids just wanted, like they'd been in school all day and then doing this rehearsal stuff. And they just wanted to go grab a pizza. Right. Yeah. They want to unwind. But there's no way you have enough time to be home by 10 if rehearsal gets out at nine. By the time you get to the pizza place and you order a pizza and you sit, you know, like, mm -hmm. so it was like, okay, all right. So maybe, you know, you let me know, or maybe once in a while, or, you know, maybe you call me at 10 o'clock, which is your curfew. And you say, here's where I am. Here's what time I think I'm going to be home. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm not going to go anywhere else between there and here, you know, right? But we could have a conversation about it. And, and I think that's the way to do it, right? Because if we want our kids to be able to go out into the world and really be able to have those critical thinking skills and ask questions about like, wait, 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 why do I have to do this this way? We need to have them understand what it looks like to do that respectfully. Right. And also to expect that it's okay for them to speak up. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I, I look at that as you were saying that the thought going through my mind was, okay, there had to be some things that were done right sooner when they were at a younger age to where to where there were things that were set that were age appropriate but mm -hmm. there was things changed and there was conversations that allowed it because because you opened it up for that conversation you would have that type of situation i think in the situations to where it wasn't opened up at a younger age so when they get to the teenage years it's like okay this has not been uh, something that has been open to me. So I'm just going to come home at eight o'clock and I'm going to wait till mom and dad go to bed. And then I'm going to sneak back out at 10 o'clock, yeah. you know, because, because my friends are meeting at 10 30 and we're going to stay out till one in the morning. Um, so anyway, so as you were saying that, that's what I was following was you had yeah. to have these other conversations earlier and, mm -hmm. and, and it's age appropriate, you know, that obviously if you're, you know, if your eight-year-old was saying that, you know, I'd be like, no, right. <laughs> you know, right. I'll explain to you why not, but that's not even a conversation that, that we're going to, um, yeah. you know, to have you come up with a better plan. Whereas with, with your daughter, it was okay. Then, you know, 
you're you're comfortable asking these questions, come up with a better plan. And it sounds like she did. Well, and the thing is, it's that you have to have that willingness to see them as an equal human being, mm-hmm. which sadly, I think a lot of educators and parents don't. Right. And it, again, no shame, no blame, no judgment. Like the lot, that's the way a lot of us were brought up. That's just, you know, that's sort of the culture that, that we live in. Um, but I had to be able to say to her, here's why it's important to me to have a curfew. It's not just that I want to exert power and control over you. It is that I know I'm not going to be able to fall asleep until I know you're home safe in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. so, and she could say, here's why it's important to me to be able to go and just be with my friends and kind of just chill out and, you know, brain dump at the end of the day. And, and one of those things isn't more important than the other. So how do we accommodate those things, right? That's being in relationship. That's having those difficult conversations, but you can't have those conversations until and unless you're willing to see this other person as an equal human being with needs and rights that are the same as your own. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Yeah, I know. We're talking with Carrie O'Driscoll. We're talking about her new book, Happy Healthy Teens, Why Focusing on Relationships Really Works. Um, so uh, we're going to take a break. But um, when we come back, um, I've heard you say that teenagers are your favorite people. So when we come back, I'd like to talk to us. I'd like to talk to all of us, to the audience, a little bit about that sentiment, because uh, I think a lot of us would would love to know how you were able to get to that point. I think it's very important for everybody out there. You're listening to Answers Network. We'll be right back. Founded over 30 years ago to meet the needs of families in crisis. West Shield has continually focused on resolving issues that negatively impact families and businesses. Our signature therapeutic transportation service helps to ensure that adolescents in crisis are safely transported to specialized schools, programs, and treatment centers with unsurpassed experience and success. We are supported by our full-service licensed investigation agency that has legally, professionally, and compassionately located hundreds of runaways and teens. We are experienced and qualified to help, offering solutions which may include referrals to our international network of top professionals in the fields of educational consulting, psychology, psychiatry, and investigations. Simply put, West Shield Adolescent Services and West Shield Investigations are the best solutions when your family is facing a personal crisis. Call 1-800-899-8585, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's 1-800-899-8585, or visit our website at westshield.com. Thank you. And we're back. You are listening to or watching Answers Network. Our guest is Carrie O'Driscoll, and our topic is Happy Teens. So when we when we went to break, um, I asked Carrie because I had heard that that you've said in the past that teenagers are your favorite people. Uh, I also have that sentiment because I I found it, although sometimes challenging, um, really really enjoyable when when my kids were that age. So talk to me about your sentiment. Yeah, I think teenagers are magical. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I mean, you know, it's the it's the one time in human development where you legitimately have a foot in each world, right? Mm-hmm. 
they're one minute, they can be, you know, lounging on a couch, eating potato chips and right out of the bag, watching SpongeBob cartoons and belly laughing, right? And the next minute they can turn around and look at you and say something so insightful and profound that it just knocks you off your feet. Right? Like it's just, holy cow, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, they can go from this, you know, they sometimes just look like little adults, you know, in their bodies. And then they like open up their mouth and giggle. And you see shades of that four-year-old that was making mud pies in your backyard, right? There's this, mm-hmm. it's just this magic period of time. And also I think they are so incredibly resilient and we don't give them credit for it. There are so many pressures and stresses on adolescents. Their bodies are changing. Their brains are changing. They've got hormone storms happening. You know, they're trying to develop their identity. And that's one of the most important jobs of an adolescent is to, is identity formation, right? And they're doing all of that in this world that is full of social media where, um, you know, there's more information coming at them than ever any other generation ever before. Puberty is starting earlier before, you know, earlier than ever before in human history. And, you know, you've got to have service hours and extracurricular activities and, you know, take at least three AP courses in order to graduate and get into college. I mean, there's like And they're trying to figure out romantic relationships and they're trying to figure out family relationships and, you know, and they're actually functioning. (laughs) Like These young people are functioning. It's it's astonishing. And I, and they still can just be irreverent and hilarious and goofy and, you know, seek out opportunities to have fun. And I just think, It just gives me goosebumps. I just think you all are amazing human beings. It blows me away. Yeah, I I I agree. And and again, I just was having a conversation about my youngest when he was fourteen. And the other thought is is that they're being asked to have opinions on incredibly uh, complicated and heavy subjects Mm -hmm. uh, that. That I really, I mean, I, on the one hand, I'm I'm very happy that that young people are taking an interest, but I was I was making a point where I was saying that uh, my son at 14 years old was talking about buying property in Africa that's struck by lightning 2,000 times a week because it happens to be uh, in an area where there's a river that runs underneath it, of which he can capture the electricity and run it to a town that doesn't have electricity. But he needs to get a hold of somebody like Elon Musk to be able to figure out how to harness it. But he knows that water is a conductor. And I'm listening to him and I'm thinking, when I was 14, I was thinking about motorcycles and girls. And I I wasn't thinking about saving a town in Africa. You know, so so to have things like that, like you said, that's that's that deep and Mm -hmm. that's being put upon them. But at the same time, go have fun. Well, and I think because of that, because of the unique way their brains work, because we haven't yet fully indoctrinated them into this world of rules and struggles and, you know, Mm -hmm. structure, they are able to think creatively, right? They do think of things like that. They're thinking outside the box. I mean, you know, it was a teenager that came up with the idea of how to clean up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, right? I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. they're so 
they are, they do have these wild ideas. And sometimes we look at them and we think, oh, please, that's never going to work. But they're exercising that muscle of yep. thinking outside the box and being creative. And that is a function of adolescence, right? That's a function of the way that the brain of an adolescent is developing. And it's magic. Well, I think another thing that you, uh, you touch on it in the book, but you talk about the difference between independence and intradependence. Mm-hmm. Um, so and as far as when it comes to our teens moving into adulthood, um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, share why you think the latter is is the more important one than the far, than the former. Mm. I the, I'm going to get on my soapbox here right now. I want to okay. stop talking about independence as a goal. I really, really mm-hmm. want as a as a species. I want us to stop talking about that because um, we're not. It's it's baloney. It's like talking about something being perfect. N- absolutely, none of us is independent. None of us. Nor are we perfect. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It shouldn't be a goal. Human beings are biologically wired to be in community. And instead of giving our kids the expectation of being independent and solving all their own problems, we need to be teaching them what it means to be an active participant in this community of people around you so that mm-hmm. we can get support and give support to each other. Yep. That whole notion of we're well, going to be out on your own someday is ridiculous, right? I mean, we all have a smartphone. If your tire blows on the, you know, 101 in the middle of the night, you're not completely independent. I mean, even if you know how to change a tire, somebody made that tire for you. You got to hope you have it in your car. You got, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Like there's no such thing as independence. And, and I think we give kids this false idea that, and I think frankly, it's scary to them to think one of these days I'm like, that's it. I'm out on my own. I don't want my kids to feel that way. I want my kids to feel like I know, again, like I said earlier, how to discern who is trustworthy and who's in my corner So that even if I'm just, you know, having a, if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm just having a really bad day, I don't feel the pressure to suck it up and work that out on my own. I know I can call somebody and say, I just like need a hug right now. Or, you know, I just need you to hear me out. Or could you send me some ridiculous, you know, memes or cat videos? Cause I'm just having a really rough day. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to be aspiring to as human beings. And if we don't teach our teens what that looks like to be in mutually respectful, caring communities of people, then they're going to figure that out by trial and error when they get out into the world. And sometimes it's going to be incredibly painful. So I will step off my soapbox now, but that's like I want people to stop telling your kids that the goal is to be independent. So I'm right there with you on the soapbox. So don't feel bad about it at all. Uh, and in fact, I, um, you know, I promote a, a, a we mentality as often as possible and not just with my teens, not just with the kids. Uh, I think we need to look at it in, in every relationship that we're involved in. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's going to help. And if if you set up a we relationship with your spouse, your kids are going to see that. Yeah. 
and 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 I was raised more in a generation to where uh, the father had certain duties and the mother had certain duties, mm-hmm. and there was a hierarchy in the way in which this this was going to occur, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've done everything in my power to to change that at least in my family tree, mm-hmm. you know that you know you set up a, a we uh, relationship with your children you set up a we relationship with your spouse and hopefully we're going to reduce the 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 divorce rate as well as the the uh, issues we're having with our young people i mean i think it's so important for our kids to see all different kinds of relationships right and Mm -hmm. and see what those look like and to see you know people supporting each other in ways that we've sort of stigmatized you know, I, one of the things that I say, I used to say it to my kids and now I'm, I say it to my friends now too, is help is a complete sentence. <laughs> you don't have to be able to explain like to it. me what's wrong mm-hmm. or how to fix it. Or you don't even have to know what it, what it is that you need that would make you feel better. If you just reach out to me and raise the white flag, that's it. I got you. We'll all, I, I will climb down in that ditch with you and we will sit there, you know, hand in hand until we figure it out together. But I don't ever want you to feel like you have nobody on your side or this is something that's too trivial for, for anybody else. And you just have to figure it out all on your own. Like I want all of us to have, you know, half a dozen people that we can just text or call and say, help. And they go, I'm there. I got you. What's up? See, I, I love that. And if I could add to it, um, and it's something that I focused on with my kids is that, um, you know, there's not going to be a punishment. You know, it's it's the thing about um, one of the things I had said to my boys was you get in a situation and you're out with a bunch of friends and and they've been drinking or they've done drugs and and they're your ride home. Okay. Call me. I'm going to come get you. Okay. I'm not going to focus on did you participate in it or anything else. I'm going to be happy that you were smart enough not to get in a vehicle with them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and call me, and 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 we'll just focus on that part of it because it's more important that you're safe, and it's more important as you're saying is that they feel there's somebody that they can call that isn't going to change the subject or judge. Uh, a, a bigger portion of what was uh, what was taking place at that time, and I think that's important for a lot of parents uh, to think about. Um, you know, what is the bigger picture? Well, and what are yeah, what are we teaching them? Right. That's yeah. and even if you're a teacher, right? Like if if the thing I'm focused on is punishment or consequences, which is the friendly word for punishment, right? Mm-hmm. Then what am I teaching you? Right. If you if you're afraid to come to me and say, I didn't finish this paper that's due today because, you know, there's whatever extenuating circumstances are going on in my life. If you're afraid to come to me and say that because you think that, you know, there's going to be a punishment or the consequences, you know, tough. Sorry, that was the rule. You know, then what I'm teaching you is that the world is this really rigid, rigid place and that your, whatever's going on in your personal life is not important. If I can approach it from a a relationship perspective, 
then again, we learn in relationship, right? And I can Mm -hmm. say to you, maybe it was that you just didn't manage your time very well. And that's cool because you're not going to learn to manage your time better Mm -hmm. if I give you an F, but you might learn to manage your time better if you and I have a conversation about where the sticking points were and how can we sort of figure that out, right? And it's the same thing with your scenario, right? If my kid can then learn, you know, we can have a conversation about like, ooh, that was really scary for me. Like, I'm glad that you're safe. And in the future, ooh, how could we do this differently? Because this was really scary for me. And because the thing that, that we know about adolescents is their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, right? They, they don't have the ability yet to connect all those dots and do all of that critical thinking. So the more practice we give them at doing that, the more we can be in relationship with them and like take their hand and guide them through the if mm-hmm. then scenarios, the more they're actually building those neural pathways, right? They're not building them if we just go, sorry, tough. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. So what's the goal? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, uh, Carrie, I just glanced over at the clock. I, um, it's uh, it's so great having you on here, but at the same time, time goes by so fast because when we get talking, it's like I feel like I blinked and the time went. We've only got a couple of minutes, but I, I'd like to use that to have you really share with us what you believe is the most important thing that we as parents and educators of adolescents can do to help our kids through adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can just share that for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that the most important thing we can do is to invite them into collaborative, mutually respectful relationships, you know, to, to know that, It is our job to shepherd them through this time in really intentional ways. So how can I focus on helping you learn what it means to be in relationship, learn what it means to make good decisions, learn what it means to have difficult conversations, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. there are going to be conflicts. There's going to be big disagreements. It's how we handle those, right, in relationship. If we can focus on the relationship and not on the power or the ultimate outcome, you know, then um, then what we're doing is we're modeling for these kids what a healthy relationship looks like. And we are also actively helping them create those neural connections that are going to that they're going to rely on, you know, later in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, I've got a comment that that came in. This actually came in um, ahead of time because some of our our listeners work in the middle of the day, and but uh, this one I think is a beautiful comment. It says, "I'm uh, you know I'm so looking forward to your second interview, which is this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you know as your last book was an amazing read. It is so true uh, that it is one teen at a time." All the positive pieces you describe are cornerstones to develop a relationship that allows us. Uh, to open those doors of communication and discover the talents and gifts each young person has to offer. Um, You know, you are exactly on target at exactly the right time. And this is from Julianne in Virginia. Wow. Mm, Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's, that's wonderful to hear. 
and, and we have a question and I think that we're probably going to run out of time. So what I'm going to ask is, is that uh, if you could answer this one either on the answers.network website or on your website and we'll give your website or, you mm -hmm. know, or your blog or wherever you answer questions mm -hmm. so that if people want the answer, they can go to that. This one reads, my daughter and granddaughter are butting heads nonstop, mm -hmm. 15 and resentful of any words that even resemble challenging or asking for information on our feelings or activities is met with hostility. I am hoping to find something to help my daughter break through this problem. I am buying your book, but do you have any suggestions you might share uh, it says to share on the show, and this is from uh, uh, Adeline in Pennsylvania. But you know what, what I'd like you to do again is um, tell us where we can get the book. Tell us where people can find the answer to this question, and um, that'll be one way I think we can keep the connection going. Yeah, great. Um, the book is available online pretty much anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And um, you can get it from the publisher. You can get it from, you know, all the online networks. There's, there are links to it um, on my website. I have two websites. I have um, carrieodriscollwriter.com and then also theselfproject.com. Um, so there are links to purchase the book there. Um, and yeah, I will be, I, um, I get this question a lot, actually, especially between mothers and daughters. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of emotionality that happens. And so I think what I'll do is, um, I'll write a, an answer in, in the blog at the self project website, and then okay. I can link, link to it at the answers network as well. Um, cause that's Thank a really you. common question. Thank you. That is wonderful. Carrie, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Uh, and, and and please stay in touch. And and now that you're Santa Barbara, if you've got a speaking event coming up or something, let us know if we can share information that can get more people there. Uh, or who or who knows? I love Santa Barbara. Maybe we can come up and join you. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and check out the website for um, you know the listeners. Check out the website. There will be other podcast interviews I'm doing and things like that. And I also do. I run support groups for parents of teens that are nine weeks long. Um, and then I also do parent coaching. So I'm open to all of that as well. You can find information on the website. Wonderful. And if you're driving out there and you weren't able to write down those websites that Carrie just mentioned, go to the answers.network uh, website. We'll make sure that we have them on there for you. Carrie, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. And for everybody out there, be sure and put it on your calendar uh, to tune in next Monday when we're going to be, uh, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure now. Um, I'm not sure which, which show we're going to be doing. So um, just make sure that you visit our archives. Make sure you go to the website um, and check out who's going to be on next week's show. Uh, and while you're on there, check out some of the other interviews that we've done. And if you see something that uh, you believe would be good for someone you love, send it to them, share it with them. And remember, for everybody out there, be good human beings and be with us again next week on Answers Network. Hello, I'm Marty Cove. You might remember me from roles such as Sensei in the Karate Kid films. I've done over 100 films and countless stunts in my career, and I've always given 100%. With the damage done to my body over time, I needed to find relief from my chronic pain. 
My passion for health and fitness drove me to find a natural way to combat muscle pain. Teaming up with doctors, detectives, and a compounding pharmacist, we've created Marty's Cobra Cove Ultra Strength CBD Cream. It's the only thing that has been strong enough to knock out my pain. And fast. Honestly, you may have tried the rest, but it's time to try the best. It's legal, it's safe, and 100% effective. Show your pain. No mercy. Go to www.martyscobracove.com. You're listening to Answers Network with Alan Cardoza, only on LA Talk Radio. 